Hey, everybody. Welcome to Clark Talks, the Colombian's podcast where we bring you the stories and views behind the news. I'm Damien Pizzanti. And I'm Katie Gillespie. What do we have going on this week? Yeah, so we're talking, we're, our main story today, we're going to be talking about that new Netflix series, 13 Reasons Why, that yeah. came out at the end of March. Um, it uh, is is expanded to some pretty tremendous popularity. I had a story in Wednesday's paper about mm-hmm. um, some of the challenges uh, that show is per- is creating. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of concern that, because uh, the premise of the show, and, and we talk about this more in our segment, but the premise of the show is is that it's a, a, a young woman, a 17-year-old high school student who kills herself um, over the, in the, the, the span of high school bullying and harassment yeah. it follows her from like her what ju- sophomore to junior year yeah and then she kills herself and kids have to re sort of hear her out through these tapes that she yeah she leaves behind a series of tapes um mm-hmm. and each side of the tape is a different person a, a, a right. different reason it's it's one of 13 people essentially that she blames for her suicide right. so so just like you guys are probably aware if you are a news reading bunch, which I assume you are because you're listening to our pretty wonky podcast, that uh, the show has created quite a stir in the national and even the local uh, news media and within even within like schools across the country. And we're not immune to that. So we talk about that a little bit. And Katie had a, some really good clips with a lady who uh, who has some very intimate experiences with this whole thing. Yeah. So be aware, we are going to be talking a little bit about the themes of the show. Um, so that this it doesn't Include, this is your trigger warning like if it, it does include suicide it includes rape it includes sexual assault so just be aware yeah. so and then uh chapter two of the show is going to be about c-tran um i don't know if you guys have been paying attention or not but but the board met tuesday night and gave what i thought was kind of a shocking vote uh the c-tran staff essentially want to get rid of the daily and monthly passes for its c-van users and, and C-Van, to be, to be clear, that's, for, that's the service. paratransit to yep. really disabled individuals use that yep. service. Exactly. If you can't get yourself to a bus stop, uh, C- C-Van will come pick you up from your door and drop you off to where you have to go. It's a federal requirement. But anyway, um, so they had a pretty interesting vote on that that we're going to talk about in the second half of the show. And then, what, as per the usual, wrap up with Ashley and yeah. we'll call that a podcast. Yep. All right, so we're going to start today's show talking about uh, 13 Reasons Why, Mm -hmm. Um, and like I said at the... We should probably give a recap to what that is for people who don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah, and like I said at the the beginning of the show, if if suicide, sexual assault, if those are difficult topics for you, you may want to skip ahead to our C-Tran conversation or or skip out on this podcast, but um, Mm -hmm. essentially the premise of the show is uh, this this teenage girl, high school sophomore, Hannah Baker, um, uh, dies by suicide. If you guys aren't aware this is a show that is out on Netflix and this one is um, is is interesting because it it was kind of a I mean it was kind of a sleeper series it, it was posted online on March 31st and mm-hmm. then um, has has kind of like it was kind of quiet for a little while there wasn't a whole lot of advertising and then um, just like in the last few weeks I think as a function of schools responding to the show uh, uh, 
has gained popularity. A lot of kids are watching it. So mm-hmm. um, I think not only just kids, but I, I would venture even a lot of young adults. Oh yeah, we're watching the show. We're not all yeah, we're not all the way through it, but we're watching. Um, so the 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 premise of the show is is after uh, this this girl kills herself, she leaves behind a box of tapes, and on each side of each tape is another quote unquote reason why she killed herself. Um, and they go into detail about how essentially a, an individual at the school who bullied her or sexually assaulted her or raped her or um, ignored her or then at the at the end of the show um, kills herself um, and and the whole show follows um, one character in particular Clay Jensen who um, as he's listening to these tapes he's on the tapes he's um, a young friend of hers slash a romantic they're kind of like romantically yeah yeah uh, so he listens to these and is sort of unpacked you sort of hear her story through his listening to them and then also watch how he's dealing with all of this after the fact. Right, as well as how the students are are responding to these tapes um, and trying to kind of hide these tapes from the from the administration uh, mm-hmm. going forward. Um, mm-hmm. And there's also uh, the, her parents are trying to sue the school. They have no idea why their daughter killed herself. So mm-hmm. um, so that's that's sort of the summary of the show. Gotcha. It's um, it's pretty pretty popular not only popular right now but it seems to be pretty well liked it's got a, like an 85 percent review on rotten tomatoes oh really yeah wow. which if you guys are familiar with that website i mean that is a that is a rare score to get yeah that's pretty good mm-hmm. um but you know is so i think what really what i want to talk about with this whole thing and i can't wait to talk a little bit about that conversation you had with that she's a school counselor right yeah so i've i had a few conversations surrounding the show i had a story that came out on wednesday um mm. about the show and what local local professionals are saying. Um, I I talked to a, a second grade teacher at um, at La Center Elementary School, uh, Joni Hancock, and um, her daughter uh, Emily Hancock actually started an organization at, um, at in the La Center School District called called La Center United, and uh-huh. it's a it's a club isn't really the right word, um, but it's a it's an organization um, that that. Uh, teachers and parents and students and the idea is to get to get people talking about mental health and to talk get people talking about how to provide for students and mm-hmm. provide adequate mental health services for students um, so mm-hmm. I talked to Joni um, a little bit about um, her own personal experiences um, with mental health um, and uh, and and just kind of what she thought about the show so gotcha. you know we are obviously not the only ones talking about no. this thing right now I mean a quick Google search is going to show you you're going to find a ton of articles online about this right oh now, yeah my from like everything from the national media down to like local niche audiences like ours right totally so this is um you know i think it's a really good thing we're having this conversation yeah definitely um so so we're gonna play um a clip from joni where she talks um a little bit broadly about what she thought of the show it was difficult to watch however i think that I think they were pretty intentional about what they were doing. And yeah. I think that they, when I watched the sequel, which is the Beyond the Reasons, and they had the actors, they had the producers, they had the directors, they had um, counselors there, and they talked about the intentionality behind it. And, and maybe some of it wasn't done quite right, um, but I think they really were trying to open up dialogue. and, and 
in the United States basically and probably beyond because suicide is the number two killer of young adults and adolescents ranging from age 10 to 24. And so it's a huge thing. And we all know that our kids are struggling with anxiety and depression and, you know, all kinds of mental health things that can lead to either substance abuse or something like this. So, I just... Um for what it's worth, I felt like it would be important to mention that just in, a, in an article I read this morning about this whole thing, that uh, suicide was actually the third leading cause of de- death amongst 10 to 24-year-olds, uh, according to the CDC. But the other thing that I pulled out of this article that I read was that um, for like for young people, uh, hearing about and knowing about a friend's suicide made them five times more likely to have suicidal thoughts themselves. Wow. So, you know, there are very legitimate legitimate concerns. And I can remember as a kid, I went to, um, my hometown had a humongous disproportionate uh, suicide issue Mm -hmm. uh, throughout my time there. And good Lord, I mean, every one of them sent a shockwave through the classes and through the student body. And, you know, when you're a teenager, you're at an age where you know you're working so hard to. I mean, we were all were teens. All of us were trying to work so hard to create our own identities separate from our parents and like the authority figures in our lives, while at the same time not feeling comfortable approaching them with this crazy drama that we're dealing with and not having like the full cognitive faculties to be able to fully deal with it ourselves. Right. Right. So, um, you know, I don't know about you, Katie, but I. I say hats off to the creators of this show for going on such a bold venture to talk about a topic like this that is so delicate and sensitive, but I think so very relevant to so many young people. Well, I I think the problem with the show is that that it's it's extremely graphic. It's, yes, it's extremely extremely graphic, and the the producers of the show and I talked to Joni about that as well. Um, so let's play that clip real quick. The the producers said that the reason that they did that was because they wanted to make it clear that suicide is not an easy thing. Um, they wanted it to be very graphic for kids to understand how very violent and awful it is. Um, I don't know if that. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or not, um, because it is so very graphic. Um. So what what a lot of critics of the show are saying is that is that this almost looks like an instruction manual on how to kill yourself. And and it, it makes it look so simple that this was just such a simple way for this girl to respond to all the bullying and all the um, and all the, the the ugliness in her life. And, and I, I that's I would say that's my concern with it as mm-hmm. well, is that is it it really romanticized the show while definitely opening some important conversations about bullying and about sexual assault, um, about teen isolationism, about social media and the impact that it has on our lives, um, especially young people. Um, the, the, it just romanticizes and glorifies suicide in this kind of bizarre way. Um, the other thing, too, is the sort of revenge element of it, that that here this girl left behind these tapes that make everybody who was around her feel horrible about what they did to her is, is, pretty, um, is pretty horrible. I mean, mm-hmm. it's... it's it, it's, it's kind of troublesome, I think, to, to th- think that 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 is possible and to to provide that as an opportunity for students who might be feeling 
who might be having suicidal inclinations. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm, what I'm worried that the show does is I'm worried that it romanticizes the idea of being able to do that. Sure. Of, you know what? Maybe I can get back at the. That's a that's a legit possibility. Um, one, another thing I want to point out that I also read is one of the creators of the show or one of the writers of the show, this guy named Nick Sheff. Um, I think I'm saying that right. Um, anyway, he actually tried to kill himself at one point in his life, mm. and he brought that to the show. And he said he wanted um, he wanted just the whole that whole element of suicide to be as accurate as possible. Yeah, um, they didn't want to, or he at least didn't want to shy away from that as an issue. And it, right. it, on one hand, like I totally see where the concerns of glorifying something like this are, but at the same time, like I don't think these guys were necessarily trying to create. Create. Um, I don't. I don't. I, I question how much of a message they were trying to send. More as just trying to cast it in a light as something that can happen. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they weren't. I don't think they were necessarily making this with the idea in mind that we're going to create this show to get a bunch of kids to think twice before they do it. Rather, I think they were just trying to say, here is a scenario of what might happen should someone decide to kill themselves. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. I, th- I think, I think, like I said, I think it's a really um, good portrayal of the challenges of being a teenager in today's world. Uh, everybody that I talked to, from school districts to mental health providers, I got some pretty extreme ends of the spectrum. I got people who said that they were able to talk to their children about the themes of the show, about the topics of the show, and have really good conversations about each of those themes and each of those, um, each because each each tape that this girl leaves explores a different theme whether that's um you know these kids were bullying me these kids were um we're making sure that everybody in the school is ignoring me. This one I was objectifying my friend me. Get raped. I, I got raped. Um, yeah. I mean, there's 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 all these different themes that go throughout the show. Um, and and so on one hand, what people are saying is it's like given a really good platform to discuss these these topics and mm-hmm. and these realities for many of today's youth. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, I you have adults who are saying this is extremely triggering for young people to see this kind of behavior to see this kind of response is can be extremely um triggering in what way like what do they mean when they say that are they saying it triggers them like triggers people who have had these experiences themselves or it might trigger them into taking it might trigger them into taking action and harm themselves that's the fear is that Uh is that children who have watched this show or are going to be more likely to carry out on their actions Mm -hmm. and to carry out on their suicidal ideas if mm-hmm. they see this show I think the reality is is I think there's I think it's somewhere in the middle I think the truth of this show is somewhere totally. in the middle just I mean, like everything realistically I, I can't imagine that if, if some I can't imagine somebody would be pushed to that end if they weren't already seriously having those thoughts and this is certainly not the only uh, media piece out there that is touching these issues I think it's just the most populous one right now I mean I don't know if you remember but a few years ago when that Blink-182 song I think it's called Adam's song yeah. came, came out yeah yeah, that's that's been more than a few years. Yeah, yeah, that was a long time. <laughs> I think that was more than a decade at yeah. this point. But anyway, you know that whole song dealt with suicide. And I, if I remember the song right, it was like a sort of 
like the words of like a suicide note that the character of the song left and that like that song caused a huge uproar at the time as well right so i guess what i'm driving at is this is not the first time this has happened but i mean i think if they're the silver lining that i really see in this is this is such these are such dark and difficult conversations to have period even among adults um that it, let alone to have them with teenagers at least now there is a platform where you can approach kids and might be more successful at reaching ones that are having these issues or having these thoughts and i think that's the thing that parents really need to do is that is is and, and this in my conversations with with local experts um is is what I heard from them as well is this is an opportunity for parents to go to their kids and say hey have you seen this show is that have have you ever felt the way that girl did is there Mm -hmm. is there anything you want to tell me about Mm -hmm. one of the things that strikes me at the show is the adults in it are completely incompetent Mm -hmm. the adults in it are completely incompetent I hate to say it but that doesn't surprise me at all. And I think, like, how well-informed can parents be of their teenagers' lives, especially now when, the, you know, tech, there is such a gulf in, the, in technology um, between kids and their parents. But it's, I mean, it's a it's a level of confidence of, of incompetence that's almost shameful, Damien. I mean, it's 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 it wasn't my high school experience. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my my middle school experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, mine, you know, my experience as a kid, and I mean, every every kid's experience is different. But mm-hmm. I mean, teachers in general were aware of the problems at their school, and they were aware, you know, if there was bullying happening at school, they were aware that there was bullying. There's a scene at the beginning where the kids walk into a walk into a bathroom and or and there's all these notes written on the wall oh it's the mother of the girl walks into the bathroom and there's all these notes written on the wall you know mm-hmm. so and so should go and die so and so is a fat slut you know mm-hmm. all these different things mm-hmm. and and the administrators walk into the bathroom one day after finding out about it and they're like we had no idea this was happening what and it's like that would have that that just of seems course so that wouldn't realistically happen maybe something not to that degree no. No. Things to that degree aren't going to happen in real life. No, of course. But a lot of things like that sexual assault that happens in the party at the show or like the photo that gets shot of her in that provocative fo- or pr- provocative pose. Like, yeah. Those things would Those things do, do happen. happen. Those things yeah. totally happen. Um, mm-hmm. But there's just a, a level of... of like Not, I hear what you're saying, the total incompetence. But again, like I think that's that's an artistic liberty. I can't imagine that anywhere in real life that would happen. Right, right. Anyway, I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that is that this opens an opportunity for teachers, counselors, parents to go to their kids and say, "Hey, let's talk about so, the show." Or, "Hey, maybe let's." Of which the lady that you interviewed, she, right? She. We should play that clip where she talks about the conversation she had with her own daughter. Yeah, let's play that. At the high school level, I still think parents should watch it with their children. Um, now the funny thing is, is my daughter watched it by herself and then wanted to watch it with me. I didn't know what it was. And I think that's the problem is a lot of parents don't know what it is. They have no idea what it's about. Um, I was just fortunate that my daughter wanted it to be something that we watched together because she thought it was pretty powerful and pretty important. Um, and we had really good conversations about each and every one of those themes after the fact. Um, and so to me, I don't know, I felt, I felt like we had conversations that we maybe wouldn't have had otherwise. And considering that she is a person who, you know, did attempt suicide five years ago, 
Um, and that's always in the back of your mind as a parent, you know, that are they going to do it again? And they had told us in the hospital that, you know, she was 13 years old, the likelihood of it happening again would be pretty high. But once we had those conversations after each of those episodes, and really good, deep conversations, um, it got me to the point where I recognized she truly has done so much emotional healing through the therapy that she's gotten, through being in the hospital afterwards, um, that it's no longer an option to her. And that's what this series wants to accomplish, is kids understanding it's not an option. And that is that is their whole purpose behind it. But there are a lot of people that just can't see it because of the, the sensationalism of it, I think. And I don't know, but I'm a person who I can have these conversations because of my life experience, you know, where I've been forced to have these conversations, whether I wanted to or not. <laughs> So, so Emily's story, um, when she's, uh, she's a senior at La Center High School, when she was 13, she talked about this at her at this meeting that La Center United had at the school on Monday. Um, When she was 13, um, she tried to tried to to kill herself um, and was hospitalized shortly afterward. When she got back to school, she tried to she started this La Center United group. um, And it was done so with the understanding that she um, would share her story openly and would share with people her story. And so this has been a very important and common thread to um, to her, to the Hancock family life for mm-hmm. many years. Um, so just with that little bit of context. But um, but I think what what Joni is saying about sitting down with her daughter, watching the show, having conversations about it. I think that's a really great opportunity for parents. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, not only parents, but I think um I would really hope that not only locally but across the country that in health classes and even maybe even sociology classes these conversations are happening in schools right now. I, I hope mean, so. Not only at home but we should be talk teenagers I hope with the facilitation of the like teachers in their lives um, can have this conversation about you know how they're treating each other and the best way for them as a community to improve these situations. Yeah, so, I hope so. Um, yeah. So the Camas School District has issued letters to parents. Um, the Battleground School District has issued letters to parents. Uh, Evergreen has made their teachers aware of the show um, mm-hmm. and and. Uh, Vancouver has made teachers and counselors aware of the show. So mm-hmm. so there are people on campuses that are That's familiar with the, with the show, are available if students need help. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, Man, I can't think of anything in my childhood, or at least my adolescence years, that uh, any type of media that so prompted my school to reach out to my parents. Well, and, and you know, I think the other thing, too, out of this is... Um, Did you have anything like that? Can you think of anything when you were in high school? Where no, just- no. But I, I think with the advent of Netflix, you know, you can... Because, like, I'm, I'm watching the show, and I can only watch... I'm, like, a real binge watcher. Like, if I start a show, I have to watch it through to the end. Right. Like, I gotta spend, like, Saturday, pff, like, it's House of Cards day. But... With this show, I mean, I can only watch a couple episodes at a time, but that's just me. But well, I it's think intense. It's I mean, extremely it's not intense. Words. It is an intense. show. It is extremely intense. And can I but, just say, all the actors look like they're twenty-five, yeah, except for maybe Clay. I'm sure they mostly are. But yeah. the 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 issue with the show is that 
I mean, you can binge watch it. You know, yeah. you can binge watch. Well, I'd say not only that, but like ev- our media is so siloed compared to where it used to be a little while ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, we almost had like a national with network television and like network radio and CDs and things. We almost had like a like a national conversation or like a much broader national conscious about certain topics or mm-hmm. shows or what have you. Whereas now, like like you were saying with things like Netflix, it's uh, and just the internet in general, you can just fall into a rabbit hole of very specific content. And right. you know, it's very possible that had these schools not sent these letters home, a lot of these parents might not have even known this show was on TV until their kids told them months later, or they literally stumbled into them watching it at home. Right, right, yeah, yeah. And I mean, there are things that you can do. You know, there are parental blocks on Netflix, but... Yeah, Come like on. those work. Like those work. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and a lot of parents that I've talked to about the show have have said, you know, they they tried to like go and ask their their kids about it, um, mm-hmm. and if they were, you know, or tell them please don't watch the show or don't watch the show without me, mm-hmm. and the uh, the the reaction from from a lot of kids has been, oh, I already watched it. I already watched the whole thing. Just yeah. like watch it in all in one night. Totally. So it does not surprise me at all. If the show has given a platform on which parents and teachers can open up a dialogue with mm-hmm. children about their mental health and mm-hmm. about getting them the resources that they need and there are so many resources out there then then let's hope it normalizes the conversations around suicide i hope so it doesn't normalize suicide right itself. right you know what I'm yeah exactly and and there's i mean it's a fine line like frankly it's a fine line no doubt, so, no doubt. um i want to read the national association of uh school psychologists released a um released some statements uh on this so the <laughs> They caution that, quote, vulnerable youth, especially those who have any degree of suicidal, they do not recommend that vulnerable youth, especially those who have any degree of suicidal ideation, watch this series. Its powerful storytelling may lead impressionable viewers to romanticize the choices made by the characters and develop revenge fantasies. They may easily identify with the experiences portrayed and recognize both the intentional and unintentional effects on the central character. Unfortunately, adult characters in the show, including the second school counselor who inadequately addresses Hannah's pleas for help, because that's part of the show as she goes for help and they fail to give it to her do not inspire a trust of a sense of trust or ability to help Hannah's parents are also unaware of the events that led to her suicide death so just some things to think about so before we close off here i did want to um read a couple of numbers here so the national suicide prevention lifeline um is 800-273-TALK um or 8255 we also have a clark county crisis line which is 360-696-9560 um there's also the teen talk line for clark county teens 360-397-2428 so if you're feeling like you need some help like you need somebody to talk to uh those numbers are available so mm-hmm. reach out to somebody yeah but now i want to talk with you guys a little bit about c-tran and uh c-van its paratransit service and the vote that happened on tuesday night i'm not sure if you guys read wednesday's paper but really since february um and even well as far back as february but mostly from march through april 
the C-Trans staff was really looking at cutting its monthly and daily passes for its paratransit users. Um, you know, just like you can buy a normal bus pass, you can buy a bus pass for paratransit and you ride it a certain number of times and it becomes a great deal because you can save yourself some money. So do you buy these um, in, in increments of time or in increments of rides? Exactly. Increments of time. So you, can, you time. can buy them okay. monthly and then you can also buy them yearly. Okay. Here's the thing though. C-Van accounts for something like 4% of C-Trans ridership, mm -hmm. but it makes up 23, I think it's 23.4% of its operating wow. expense. And wow. Yeah. So the average bus ride on a fixed route, the, the big, huge bus you see cruising around town, that'll cost you a buck 80. Cost C-Tran $6 to give you that ride. This is not a money-making venture. No. But C-Van costs $1.80 per ride as well, but it costs them $44 to provide you for that ride. So... You combine an aging population in a city like Vancouver where everybody is spread out and and sprawl. Yes, and there is a steadily growing ridership with steadily increasing costs. And in order to preserve their ridership, they need to figure out how to rein that in. So you end up with this perfect storm of Exactly. Why does it cost so much to give somebody a ride? Like like if I get in a car mm -hmm. and I drive ten miles down the road, that didn't cost me forty four dollars. It's true. But so so why does it cost so much to to So there's a few factors involved there. Um you know, with a bus, it's riding the same fixed route that has predictable timing and predictable fuel consumption. And you're going to be able to fit a lot of people on there who are going to be able to absorb much more of the costs of providing that service. Mm -hmm. Again, not all of them, but more of them. Right. And then you but then if you look at paratransit service, they are you're literally picking up one person at a time, typically from their house and taking them to the doctor's office or taking them to the grocery store. You can't get a bunch of people, but you still have to pay somebody to go get that person and you have to buy the vehicle that they use and then you the have to you have to get the insurance and it takes ADA whereas things. like a bus you know a bus can run a route in 15 minutes right. and it's just hey get on get off get on get off whereas with with something like C-Tran a lot of these people are disabled so they have to t or C-Van thank you they have to stop and they have to help them load they it's a very time consuming process hmm. so so it's not just it's not just the cost the gas price to get somebody from point A to point B but also the, the cost of the vehicle any ADA person. things that have, need to be installed in the vehicle, yeah. the person. Their so. time, the distance they're traveling. There's a lot. And you just can't get as many people. I mean, right. they'll get a few in a ride. In like, they might... How many people can, can they fit in one of these vans? Like three or four? I think the vans... You've seen them around town, whether you realize it or not. But no, they can fit... There's, I think there's room for like up to three or four wheelchairs at a time. And then room for probably close to a dozen people oh wow okay but the thing is though is they might on a good day they might get six yeah you know and uh, that's just me ballparking but the point is they don't get a lot so if i'm a c-van user how does this how does that work do i like go online and schedule my pickup do i call and say hey i need a ride like what's that so like? um i believe it is you have to call and schedule you have to schedule your ride at least two days in advance oh wow because they don't want you canceling it right because they they have actually have software that like optimizes the best and most efficient routes they can take plug in people. all the all the addresses and it yeah. spits out a out. But you have to okay. call. Anyway, so that is the issue that C-Tran is facing right now. And they need to, again, they need to rein in this cost or else it's going to mean they might have to drop routes. Right. Which that happens in places and that's happened a lot. So anyway, Tuesday night, they, the staff came before the board and said, hey, we want to cancel this pass. 
the pass only costs $59. It would take a person 33 rides to equal that cost. But some people are riding this. There's only like 150 people that are riding this thing more than that. There was even some people that were right. Two people rode an average of 75 times a month. Wow. Which no fault to them for getting to where they need to go. Right. But, you know, they're paying a ton of money to yeah, get these people from A to B. Money. So the idea was if we make everybody pay for every ride they take, it'll incentivize them to ride less or to maybe group their trips. So rather than, all right, pick me up at my house and take me to the doctor's office and then take me to the grocery store and then take me home, they would say to themselves, well, maybe I'll have you take me to the doctor's office and then I can catch a bus or I can walk there or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you can take me home, you know, group their trips. Right, which may not be an option for everybody. Exactly. So, and that um, was a lot of the criticism that they heard uh, from the public. People yeah. who, most of the people who use this service, they're elderly or they're like mentally handicapped. Yeah, there's there's significant disabilities and barriers that are preventing them from getting around. Totally. Otherwise they wouldn't be using the service at all. What is the per ride cost for people? $1.80. $1.80, regardless of for if the it's most a C-Van or... There's, if you go outside of the network... It's or if you go outside of the C, vo C zone, uh, it's like two fifty or two seventy five. But anyway, the whole idea with this was to try to curb behaviors, get people to ride less. Ctrans said that if they could get all of their heaviest users to ride one ride less a month, they would save fifty grand a month. Wow. Yeah. It's so it's such a counterintuitive. I mean, I get it. I understand the challenge of of needing to provide service to people and the cost of providing service to people. Mm -hmm. But it seems like when here Ctrans is is trying to boost ridership and you mm -hmm. can't i mean you hear that at, at all the time what are we going to do to yes. raise ridership what are we going to do to get people on the bus what are we going to do to improve our to to then have well can you maybe not use it so much yeah it's pretty and interesting, i get that right? like c van is a different it's a different service it's a specific targeted service but mm -hmm. So, yeah. so I'm sorry. You said that the the number of folks that use C van represents about four percent of their overall rides. That's correct. Okay, and how many people was that total? Oh God, um, I don't remember off the top of my head. Because you said 150 represent. 150 are the heaviest. users. Are the heaviest users? I'd be yeah. curious with for those 150 people, what percentage they are of the overall ridership. That 150? Yeah. Oh, that's a fraction. Yeah, exactly. If, if I remember right, in a given month, it's about 1,270 people that are riding. C-Van. Uh, 1,270 people are riding. 450 of those people buy the monthly pass. The majority of them, about 300 of them, may or may not, in fact, probably won't take enough rides to even equal that $59 mm -hmm. investment. But they buy it because it's convenient. I don't have right. to think about it or I have, have to make sure I have exact ride. change every time. Yeah, I... I just buy it and I use it as I need yeah. it. But that $150, they are like I said, they're using it a ton. Interesting. So, so it's, it's going to affect a very small percent of people. And that was the argument. that That's why staff want to do it. They're right. like, well, we're saving the... We're, it's, it's one of those things where you make the, the very small minority pay for everything they use in order to basically protect the, the greater good of the majority. Yeah. And you thought for sure they were going to vote to eliminate those monthly passes. Yeah. I had, my, I had the whole top, top half of my story pre-written, and I was just waiting to fill in the blanks with a good quote yep. and what the vote split was. Right. And then the, the, board. the board had a lot of questions about how this was going to work, and then it didn't even come up for a vote. Nobody would even make a motion to support it. it crickets inside really? that library Weird. crickets 
Yeah. Well, because nobody wants to be the person that says, I mean, politically, because all these guys are elected officials, you know, mm-hmm. in, in their capacity of, of either city council or county council. I mean, nobody wants to be the person that's like, you know what? You know, those people who really need this service and are using it. Screw those guys. Like, totally. who's going to do that? Totally. So. And I think this other thing where it's like, man, do we really need to pick on 150 people? Yeah. You know, I think there was a lot of those questions there. So um, I sort of heard some echoes from the from the board that, oh, here's the other caveat. This change would have come into effect when Hop Fast Pass, the electronic fare system, goes online on CVAN. And the idea with Hop Fast is that I get my little card. It's got yep. a little chip reader essentially in it. Yep. I load it up with cash and then all I do is I get on and just go shoop, and then that's it. Yep. What makes that different than a normal bus pass? Why does why is that any better or faster? So for a few different reasons. For one um, it's they're trying to step you away from cash as much as possible. Yeah. Makes it a lot quicker for that. It makes it much faster for loading and offloading people. Right. Um, it makes it makes the transfer of uh, it makes the transfer of funds easier for them. It makes the whole process of actually getting people on and off the bus a lot more efficient. Mm. Yeah, it's it's faster, more convenient. Like every debit card we all totally. why we all use debit cards, right? Cash. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, they wanted to make the monthly and daily pass on CVAN go away the same time this thing came online. Yeah. And but now it's not. Now the pass is staying for now unless staff brings it back with a friendlier option. But you know, that remains to be seen. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. It's a this is a paratransit is a very particularly uh it's a very important, very good service that trans transit transit agencies are by law required to provide. But like I said, it is so expensive that the C-Tran is worried about it cannibalizing their other services. Right. I mean, if they can't, other agencies that haven't been able to rein the costs in of providing paratransit, their solution is just, we'll just cut a route. because, right. And that saves them a ton of money. But that is very against what C-Tran wants to do. C-Tran wants to grow their service. Right. And doing that is obviously the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. So... Interesting. Yeah, I thought so too. All right. Now we're going to wrap up the show with Ashley Swanson, who is going to give us a lowdown on the things to do this weekend. Um, you guys might notice that for this segment, Katie is MIA. You haven't heard her voice yet. Otherwise, you probably would have heard it um, <laughs> because she's off working real hard and reporting out there in the world and bringing you the news. So for now, you got me. Well, me and Ashley. Yeah. So thanks as always. Thanks for coming on and bringing us all these hot tips. It's true. You got to know what to do on a weekend. I was sorely disappointed that I wasn't in town last week because oh, holy crap, there was so much stuff so going on. So many things. It was a, a fabulous weekend too because of the weather. So right. lots of things to do. Right. Nice weather. Um, this weekend's Mother's Day weekend. So there's a lot of kind of things around mom. Yes. And uh, I think just about every restaurant in the country is serving brunch this Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. And if I, you haven't got your reservations by now, I mean, what are you doing? You're making homemade brunch is what you're doing. <laughs> or you guys are going to Burger King. Um, I wonder if they have a Mother's Day brunch. I don't know. But if, if I ever own a Taco Bell franchise, I'm going to have a Mother's Day brunch mm-hmm. for sure. I remember Burgerville would give out like milkshakes for like Father's Day. Hmm. For if and maybe they still do that, I don't know. So, is everything you're going to bring us today all Mother's Day themed, or is there a broader variety of well, options? Well, it's, it's definitely stuff that would be fun to do with your mom. 
Oh, cool. Um, so that's always cool. kind of nice. So pretty, pretty PG, pretty <laughs> PG thirteen type of things. Well, it depends on what kind of your mom it is. Uh, good I mean, answer. we're we're kicking it off with swinging at the Kiggins. Uh, the, swinging at the Kiggins. Yeah, it's uh, basically a kind of ode to the twenties and thirties, and swing and jazz, and it's being organized by a bunch of um, people who enjoy the vintage vintage side of life. That's cool. And it's going to feature um, a live jazz orchestra, dance instruction, um, plus some. Um, uh, a Tape screening weight loss techniques <laughs> and lead paint. <laughs> no, um, but it will include a screening of College Swing, which is this crazy movie from like the 1930s hmm. um, that has like a lot of really interesting actors in it. But the plot itself is kind of silly. Mm. Um, so it's it's supposed to be just kind of fun, um, old jazzy time. So is there going to be dancing going on at the Kiggins? I can't imagine they have room for that. Or is it just like everybody is supposed to show up in like their old vintage garb and watch some old timey swing movies? Well, yeah. And they're, they're going to have live music as well. So that'll oh, cool. be kind of fun. And it's um, the lead of our cover story for weekend section. So there's all of the details there. Awesome. Um, but it will be both Friday and Saturday um, at 745 at the Kiggins Theater. And cool. tickets are 15 to $18. Pretty reasonable. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then Saturday is the 20th annual Camas Plant and Garden Fair. So um, basically, uh, Northeast Fourth Avenue in downtown Camas gets transformed with a bunch of plant vendors and artisans and food and music, and it's just kind of a fun atmosphere. And it always happens kind of the day before Mother's Day, so you can go and find some plants, uh, maybe spruce up the gardens a little bit for you or your mom. And that's from uh, nine to four on Sunday. And a lot of the proceeds benefit um, local education scholarships. That's cool. Mm-hmm. This is the time of year where you got to be. Thinking about what you're going to be sticking in your yard definitely true and if you don't find something there um you can jog over to well not jog but you can definitely make the trip over to the master gardeners um annual mother's day weekend plant um sale that happens saturday and sunday at the um 78th street heritage farm and what's great too is they'll have a bunch of plants that they've grown themselves but they'll also help you if you have any questions about gardening plants or like problems that you're having with tomatoes or whatever because the master gardeners are super knowledgeable about all that kind of thing totally and for any of you guys that are listening to this if you don't already know growing a garden growing a successful garden is not as simple as sticking some seeds in the dirt and dumping water on them (laughs) you got to know some stuff about what kind of climate zone we're Mm -hmm. in your soil ph Mm -hmm. i mean yeah, the the food, the agricultural revolution did not happen overnight. It's true. I'm saying, but you don't have to be intimidated because there's people who've done yeah, it. Yeah, don't be scared. Yeah, they'll hook you up with some lime to amend your soils. Things it's will be good. It's true. Uh, and then also, Mount St. Helens um, is bum, bum, bum. is hosting its um, It's a Blast summer event. Mm-hmm. So they kind of hold events throughout the summer at the Johnson Ridge Observatory and the Coldwater Creek um, Science and Education Center. And basically, they're going to have musicians, they'll have presentations, they'll kind of go over um, commemorating the um, upcoming anniversary of the eruption that happens in May. And um, they have the cool amphitheater that overlooks the mountain, and they'll have um, musicians playing there. And it's kind of just a fun kind of, hey, we're open, and it's seasonal and fun. and It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I love going up to the volcano. I never get tired of it. Mm -hmm. It's always different. You always notice something else, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, So that'll be from 
10 to 6 on Saturday, and it's about $8, and that'll get you admission into both locations, and it's free for children 15 and younger. So, And then I was thinking about this because a lot of people give gifts for Mother's Day, right? As a, as a show of appreciation. They do, yeah. Well, do you get your mom things for Mother's Day? I try. Yeah. I, I really, she really likes some um, tulips and other flowers, so I try to go that route. Yeah, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But if if your mom was like maybe wanting to go out and do something, um, there is a Broadway show coming into town. Oh, really? It's called uh, An American in Paris. It's a hit, a new hit Broadway musical based on the film that stars. Um, Oh, so Gene Kelly. Th- so this is one of those things where the movie came before the play, huh? Yeah. But Interesting. What's cool is, uh, from what I've read, is they kind of really expanded upon sort of the time and atmosphere that the movie's placed and really kind of dive into, well, if it was an American GI staying over in Paris and, you know, Paris is trying to recover from this big world war, like, what would the atmosphere be like and what would the characters be shaped like? So it kind of gives them, uh, takes... M- the story and gives more depth to it with a lot of new musical um, songs and different choreography and that is you know the touring Broadway show so it's a big production it's a touring Broadway show oh yeah this is Broadway in Portland that is the point that needs to be emphasized (laughs) that this is this is in no disrespect to our local high schools but this is not some high school musical no this this is is Broadway this is the touring the New York Broadway the national touring um, show of American in Paris and it'll be at the Keller Auditorium May 16th through 21st tickets are about 35 to 100 dollars so again you know two tickets to a Broadway show for Mother's Day that's kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. If your mom is into that, man, she would be very happy. <laughs> and then uh, another fun thing that could be Mother's Day related, it's happening after it's on Tuesday, but we're getting a special science on tap this week um, because we're having two authors coming in who are promoting their book called We Have No Idea, A Guide to the Unknown Universe. And it's all about how much we don't know about things and mm-hmm. how science, um, as you learn more and more about, as you ask questions in science and you learn more and more about a subject, um, you just are presented with more weird questions. Mm-hmm. And um, these two guys, one's a, a particle physicist and one's a comic artist, have basically created an illustrative guide kind of exploring how much we don't know about the universe. Which is a ton. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm probably going to butcher this. But just the other day, I was listening to a podcast where somebody said something to the effect of, like, so as the lake of knowledge, or as the lake of knowledge grows, so does the shore of ignorance around Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah. So that'll be Tuesday at uh, 7 p.m. at the Kiggins Theater. Awesome. Um, Tickets are about eight to ten dollars. Suggested donation. Um, It sounds like it'll be really fun. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally was a huge Bill Nye the Science Guy fan as a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. Oh, yeah. And that that part of me has never left. Mm-hmm. So I will be stoked to go see that on Tuesday night. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And and the book's really fun, too, because I like all their little funny illustrations. Like, it's definitely something that makes you think and makes you giggle. So Cool. Mm-hmm. I like thinking and giggling. Yeah. So hopefully that'll make for a good weekend selection. As always, you can find tons more to do in the paper in the weekend section that comes out Friday Um, so if you want to find out more about the plant sales train rides what's going on at the plank house uh, all the different concerts happening definitely pick up a copy great idea cool is that everything yeah 
I had a hunch when you would jump to right up to a Tuesday. Yeah. Well, that's a good list. Thanks for telling me about it. Yeah, have a good weekend. All right, that's a wrap. Bam. That's our show. Thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. I love when you guys listen to our show. Well, yeah, usually we take this time to talk about something entertaining and spitball a little bit, but God, we don't have anything good this week. No, no, it's busy. It's a busy week. Yeah. Um. So you can. Uh, so the podcast is posted to SoundCloud every Wednesday, but you can find it on the Columbians homepage on Thursdays. Um. You can also download it um, wherever you find podcasts: SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. Um. If you subscribe to it on iTunes, it'll just download every week. You don't even mm-hmm. have to think about it. So. Mm-hmm. If you guys like our show, uh, rate us or review us. If you don't like our show, I guess you could still rate us and review us. But, man, I would really like it if you gave us a good review somewhere. That would be awesome. Yeah, if you don't like our show, email us and tell us, and we'll fix yeah. it. Send and us hate mail, send us and we'll hate make mail. it better. Yeah, so you can uh, reach out to us, um, either Damien or myself individually, or you can email podcast at Columbian.com. Yeah, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. <laughs>